Welcome back to Bible study, to Paul's uh, epistle, not the first epistle, it's probably the first, so the first and the last epistle, I don't know, to the Philippian church, church in Philippi, and I'm joined by John Campbell, Derek Walker. Hello. Good to see you, good to see you, and I, I'll, I'll read it and then we'll, we'll talk, we'll carry on where we left off uh, last week, and I think I'll read from verse 3 to verse 11, and then uh, Derek will pray. I thank my God ev- upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making request for you with all joy. Sorry, for you all with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Just as it is right for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my chains and in the defence and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers with me of grace. For God is my witness, how greatly I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more knowledge and all discernments, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offence till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Lord, we thank you again as we come before you. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to open our eyes and teach each one of us from these, from these wonderful words. Holy Spirit, make it real to us, we pray. To the glory of Jesus. Amen. 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 So if, if um, you folks were watching us last week, uh, you'll remember that we got to the last five minutes of the program and then Tim puts his foot in it and says, so let's, what is the gospel? <laughs> and, we, and I lurched towards uh, Derek thinking, well, Derek, I'll come to you first. <laughs> and then um, I saw John on the edge of his seat. <laughs> you know, he had something to add, but the clock just absolutely, you know, um, reached the hour. So we ran out of time. And John, um, uh, Derek sort of opened up in terms of, of, of Jubilee. And then you, you, you were just about to come in. I said, sorry, John, there's not enough time. That's right. There was, there was enough time. This is so exciting. It's worth, <coughs> it's worth revisiting. Absolutely. It's right to revisit it. Um, and it's interesting that here, as you were reading, and I, I, I hadn't noticed it before. It's amazing how you don't notice things and suddenly you do. We're talking about, in verse 5, we talked about the fellowship of the gospel, the partnership of the gospel. And that's what you know, pr- promoted this discussion we're having on the gospel now because you said, what is the gospel? And we agreed it was worth exploring because yes. it's fundamental to everything. But then further down um, in verse uh, 7, uh, Paul's talking about also the confirmation of the gospel. So it's not that the, the gospel bears fruit and, and that fruit is the, he's seeing the confirmation in all the people about him. This is important. If, if the gospel doesn't change, you <laughs> haven't got the gospel. Mm. You, I, I'm not saying you haven't been saved necessarily, but I'm saying you don't understand the gospel because it ought to change you. It's a liberating truth. But I I, I think it's necessary that that, that Derek reiterates what he was saying last week because there would have been some viewers who perhaps didn't see it or haven't been able to watch it on on replay or whatever. And it's 
fundamental, and I was thrilled by it. I mean, I was just... And what's I've fascinating got, is how, how the whole of scriptures are complete and yes. how it, it, it's wonderful. all um, chimes in. It's hand in glove, the new with the old. Yes. And um, you were going to, because you did say after the programme, oh, um, uh, yes, so, so we can talk about the atonement, but we will get, we'll try and get in that unless you want to no 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 like let back okay. because Derek because Derek was sort of halfway atonement. through a treatise. what happens on the day of atonement and then there we are so just Derek go and don't okay. don't feel limited by okay. I, I want to hear this because but we will interrupt we learn as well on Bible study you know we learn from each other which is <clears throat> is, is, is wonderful <laughs> so just recap on what what you were saying about Jubilee and then yes, it was a, from that. of course everything in the New Testament really has an Old Testament foundation mm. you know God prepares the way and uh, it was amazing realization that the foundation for the gospel is the year of Jubilee. And, and, and the key to that is, is in Luke 4, where Jesus you know, quotes Isaiah 61, where he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach good news, the gospel, yeah. to the poor, uh, and, um, and so forth. And he says, This is now being fulfilled. And then, of course, that Isaiah 61. The acceptable year the accepta of our Lord. Thank you. The acceptable year of the Lord, which is really the year of Jubilee. Yes. So then it just began to dawn on me that, in fact, the year of Jubilee is, is where the gospel is, really, in the Old Testament. And on the, year, the key thing is that it's done, you know, every 49 years or so, but it's on the Day of Atonement. It's very clear about that. So what would happen in the original blueprint, you might say, is that the, the high priest every year on the Day of Atonement would make the great final sacrifice, as it were, and then take the blood of the sin offering into the Holy of Holies. And Jewish um, records, not the Bible, tell us that they, he had a cord attached to him and, uh, and bells, so that if, as long as they could hear, because they were concerned, if, if the sacrifice was not acceptable to God, the high priest would fall down dead. You know, and, and so they could pull him out with the cord because no one else was allowed in. Go in. You know, yeah. this is very holy stuff. And, and so when the high priest then appeared alive again, out coming back out of the Holy of Holies, there was great rejoicing because the sin sacrifice was accepted. God was, God was satisfied. And then the, the high priest, and if it was the year of Jubilee, it was on another level because he would then say, go proclaim the good news that the sacrifice has been accepted, blow the jubilee trumpet, and it was called the year of liberty. Yeah. So in other words, if you were in debt, okay, your debts would be forgiven. Yeah. Um, if you had to sell yourself into servanthood, um, you were released from that, and you could go back to your family and, and, and reclaim your, the lost possession that they had in their promised land. They, yeah. they had to sell that. And so they could reclaim their lands and their life and rebuild. And it was all free. It was all on a free gift basis. They just had to believe the Jubilee trumpet. And the herald, I think the, the herald would go with them saying, it's the year of Jubilee. Now you can walk free. You can, and of course the application is, in Isaiah 61, that the, the Messiah would fulfill the year of Jubilee. Mm -hmm. That's what Isaiah saw, that when the Messiah would come, after Isaiah 53, the atonement, the, the Messiah would then proclaim Jubilee, that now your sins, the price has been paid. God's, yeah. the sacrifice has been accepted. Now 
you can be forgiven of all your sins. Mm. And you can go back and reclaim your lost inheritance. And that's all in, in Leviticus where, where it's laid out. Liberty from the sins. It's in, it's in Leviticus sort of 25. Um, it talks about the sabbatical year, then the year of Jubilee. There it is. And he's um, proclaimed liberty throughout the land. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, this was why in the synagogue in Nazareth they were so angry and they wanted to throw him off at what we call Mount Precipice because it was quite clearly a messianic passage. He was claiming he said, to be this is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, yes. the one who's reading this to you is he. Yeah. Yes. And that's what, and, and as you say, if that's the whole expectation of the Jewish hope for the Messiah, mm. um, and, and reading that passage in uh, Isaiah 61, it, 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 it took quite a leap for, you know, these punters at the synagogue to yes. see the man in front of them as the fulfillment of all the longings of the ages. Yes, it was, he was claiming to be the Messiah. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and he was preaching the good news, the acceptable year of the Lord. And Paul later uses the same language. You know, he preaches the gospel. Christ took our sin. He offers us his righteousness at the end of 2 Corinthians 5. And then, behold, now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. So the Jubilee message was a now message. God has, the sacrifice has been made. It's offered to you as a free gift. All you have to do is believe the message and, and you know, yeah. accept that. Then, but it's By the way, just interjecting, um, in that passage in Leviticus, as part of the, the cancellation of debt, there's a little verse which uh, throws us back two weeks ago because the Lord said, um, the land must not be sold permanently mm. because the land is mine yeah. and you are but aliens. You're just custodians. In other words... It all belongs to the Lord. Exactly. Yeah? And God we belong it. to him. Exactly. He owns it all, yeah. but we can possess. And that's why it's so, um, you all know, things. that parable the Lord gave of the unmerciful servant. He's been forgiven all, mm. at Jubilee, let's say. Yes. And then he goes and throttles the man who yeah. owes him five quid down the road. You know, that's, that's the sort of contrast, that how much we've been given. Yes. Um, in terms but of God is the ultimate owner. But yes. he allows us to possess all things, yeah, which is yeah. amazing. Yeah. And then it, got, it became fulfilled, exactly, That's you right. see, because Jesus... So we're still in the context of what is the gospel, just so people know. We're still talking about what is the gospel. Jesus was the great high priest, yeah. and he offered <clears throat> himself as the final sacrifice on the cross. Mm. And then, as the high priest did, he brought, took his blood, as Hebrews tells us, into the heavenly holies of holies, and, and just, just as in the type. And then, ha, you know, having established, as it were, the new covenant in his blood, he then appeared alive again to his disciples, and he said to them, all authority in heaven and earth is given to me. You know, go preach the gospel. Yeah. Go blow your jubilee trumpets. That's right. You know, he's appeared alive from the dead, mm. which is the proof his resurrection is the proof that the sacrifice has been accepted. Now go preach the gospel. So he well, says, yeah. go to, not just to all of Israel, go to the ends of the world. Yeah. Blow the jubilee trumpet. Make the proclamation. Yeah. It's a proclamation that God is favorable toward you. This is the acceptable year of the Lord. And if you believe the message, God will receive you. He will forgive your sins. He will restore you. Your, the inheritance that Adam lost... 
he will restore that inheritance so to can you. Can we just pick up? Uh, we've mentioned it a couple of times. He'll forgive. You'll forgive your debts. He'll forgive your sins. Can we just open up on forgiveness? Yeah, we can. We can. I, but uh, the, when when the Lamb of God, yeah. uh, being the Lord Jesus, fulfilled the type of, of the, the Day of Atonement, he fulfilled it two ways because he he became the perfect Lamb, which was acceptable to God. But he was also the scapegoat. Whereas there were the two offerings, there was the scapegoat and, and the one that was offered on the altar. Jesus was them both. He was the, he was the perfect Lamb of God whose blood was acceptable to God. For the remission was, of sin. For the remission of sin. Uh, but he was also the scapegoat that took the sin upon himself. So, I mean, this is, he was just the total fulfillment mm. of, the, uh, of the Day of Atonement offering and, and, the, and the Year of it's, Jubilee. It's is something to be it's just amazing. It's it was a, such a joyful time yeah. and, and, and yet we don't see that same joy in the gospel. I mean, people who get saved out of terrible situations do, but not everybody does, and, and of course religion gets in the way. Yeah. This is a time of rejoicing. But, but Jesus, yeah. Jesus was the sacrificial lamb, but he was also the great high... I mean, yes, he's he, fulfilling he, so he many elements He, he sacrificed himself. He offered himself upon the cross to his father. Yeah. Um, and and that, it was just perfect, absolutely mm. perfect. As high priest, he offered himself as the sacrifice. The mediator. Yeah. Between God and um, so he fulfilled all, the, all those roles. And, and for I, do, I do think that that's one verse where John the Baptist, when he sees the Lord mm. for the first time, again, it's the spiritual realm. Yeah. And he said, behold, the Lamb of God yes. takes away the sins yeah. of the world. I mean, that... I, I honestly don't believe you can make this up. I don't, I don't think a scriptwriter could put no, this No, it couldn't, pos it is, yeah. it, it it's, couldn't possibly. It's yeah. profound, yeah. and yet, we, uh, you know, I feel inadequate to, yeah. to try and grasp. Yes, and uh, this whole point, especially with those who are teetering on the edge of, uh, of, of the gospel now mm. and, and uh, trying to understand it, um, you can only understand it by the Holy Spirit anyway, so we just flow and we say what the scriptures say, and the Lord makes it clear in Leviticus that the, the life is in the blood, yeah. and he says, I have given this to you uh, uh, upon the altar for your atonement. So it's the blood and the life. The blood gets its value from the life that it inherits, mm. and it's the life of the Son of God. So it, it is a life beyond price, mm. and that's the value of the blood which is put upon the, uh, upon the altar. So we get all the pictures here. The, 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 the life is in the blood, and I've given that to you upon the altar for the atonement of your soul, I think the scripture says from memory, something along those lines. Um, and, and the scripture also tells us that the wages of sin is death. There's, there's no way around this. We've all sinned, and, 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 and we will all have to die physically. But the, the, the real wage was not just the physically dying, it was what happened thereafter. That was all part of the wages of sin, which Jesus took upon himself so that we didn't have to pay it. And, and we are forgiven because his blood, it, there's, no, there's no agency in the whole it of creation. Say, you know, that... I, you know, coming back to the question, what is the gospel? It is faith in his blood. I'm not ashamed Yet, of, not of ashamed, the gospel. It's not ashamed of the, of the salvation gospel. of everyone who believes. That's believes. Um, and that's, um, you've opened up to Leviticus now. I almost well, didn't dare uh, open up to I was going to, to just point out there are two sides to Please. the gospel in another way of looking, the negative I call and the positive. And yep. um, so it's probably worth seeing how this resonates with the gospel, he says in verse 9. No, no, well, where are we? Chapter? Leviticus 25, yeah. which is the Jubilee chapter. Sure. Uh, Leviticus 25, verse 9. 
he says, then you will cause the trumpet of the jubilee. So it's a proclamation. Yep. And, and we are responsible to sound the trumpet, you know. To sound on the tenth day of the seventh month, on the day of atonement, you shall make the trumpet to sound throughout your land. That's our job, really. Yeah. Get, get it out. Yeah. yeah. Blow it out. And you will consecrate the 50th year. It was a special year of grace. Proclaim liberty throughout all the land to its inhabitants. So that the, the negative side, in a sense, is anyone who was, because of their sin or foolishness, they were in debt. They were, as it were, not free. They had to sell themselves. And that's a picture of us under sin. We're in debt. Yeah. There's a sin debt to God. But we're also in captivity to sin. But the message is liberty forgiveness of sins and freedom from the power of sin as well. So that was the first part of the message, freedom from that captivity and that debt. Mm -hmm. And then it says, um, proclaim liberty, it shall be a jubilee to you, verse 10, and each of you shall return to his possession mm -hmm. and to his family. And, and so this is the positive side that as well as being forgiven from the negative, there's a possession for us to possess. Yeah which in a sense Adam lost, you know. All the, the blessings of God, the fruit of the Spirit, you know, you name it. Yes. The, all the joy, the righteousness, it's released back to us. And it says beautifully in verse 28, he says, uh, the second half of the verse says, you, you've got to wait till the year of Jubilee, and in the Jubilee it shall be released. That is your land, yeah. the land that God wants to give you, yeah. the blessings that God wants to give you, it shall be released to you. And you shall return to his possession. So having been forgiven of sins, we now can lay hold of the grace of God yeah. and, and that will restore our lives, that will restore our joy, that will restore our health. Yeah. You know, that's all paid for. Yeah, Not just the forgiveness, but the positive grace of God, it's all paid for. And if we believe it, mm. we can begin to lay hold of that and return to the fullness of life that God has for us. It's wonderful. Yeah, so, we can't leave that there, yeah, though, no, can we? Because no. that is absolutely true. But we know experientially, and many Christians out watching will be saying, yeah, I, I understand that, but you should see my life. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we, we need to address that because we can't just leave it hanging. And, and we've all experienced things in our life. We, we're not seeing the fact that the scriptures in Galatians 3.13 says very clearly that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. That's incontrovertible. And yet, most of us have remnants of the curse of the Still law operating the in our lives. Yeah. Why is that? Mm. Well, don't get on a sin trip. Don't get on too much introspection. The fact is we have to fight for it. We, we have to fight and declare these truths. Right. What Derek has just, has, just, has just expounded to us is an absolute incontrovertible truth but we have to fight for it because we have a real enemy and and you know work out your salvation with fear and trembling we're going to that has a lot of meaning but this is part of it yeah mm -hmm. you, you you this is yours but but you've got to fight for it but don't worry because I'm gonna fight for you what you've got to do is stand and having done all 
to stand. Having put on the armor of God and understanding that the faith I've given you is a gift, that you can, you can build on that gift of faith by understanding my word and it'll build you up. Uh, you've got the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Use that. That's also your testimony. And you've got the blood of Christ. And the blood of Christ will overcome. But you might have to stand and stand and stand and stand. And let me just tell you, I, because you know, I've mentioned this before and you all know that my wife suffers from dementia. And I've been through all this. And, you know, I, I've covered her in the blood of Jesus. I've, I've cleared her ancestrally because she can't do it herself. So we're one, so I stand for her. I've made sure her ancestral lines are all clean. I've done all that. And yet I look at her and think, have I wasted my time, Lord? Not at all. And, I, and, and this is a perfectly, yeah. perfectly okay thing to say to the Lord, have I wasted my time? And then, and it always comes, I don't get an immediate answer, it comes when I'm cleaning my teeth or something, so I know it's the Lord. And he said, and having done all, to stand. Very good. Job. In other words, he's saying, the victory is secure. I'm not going to tell you how long it's going to take. Yeah. Mm. You stand. And, and, you know, faith which is never tested is not faith at all. It's these things which build your faith. And, and by the way, on the stand, you know, you, you can't um, forget watchman knees, little no, book, no, sit, no. Yeah. walk, yeah. stand. Yes. Sit, we're seated with him in the heavenly places. They walk in the Spirit, yes. and then having done all to stand. That's his uh, little exposition. It, it, it's wonderful, but I, I also want to make clear to, to the viewers that the battle belongs to the Lord. You're not standing in battle. You're equipped with weaponries. You speak out the Word of God. That's your testimony. And you proclaim what the blood of Christ is speaking in the courts of heaven about you. But the Lord will do the fighting for you. You just got to stand and say it, and know that the victory is assured. Mm. Wonderful, and that's that's the that's one that's the fruit of the gospel. That's what you get because of the gospel. So while while you're quoting Ephesians, I'll just read that one verse, um, which is one uh, verse uh, or verse 17 of chapter one of Ephesians and 17 and 18. I pray that the God <coughs> of our Lord Jesus Christ, um, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So we're trying to explain the gospel. Paul's praying that the eyes of your understanding or the eyes of your hearts would be enlightened, uh, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. It's all that you're saying. Yes. And, and basically, Paul is in, by the way, we are in Philippians, but yes, <laughs> Paul is inching forwards in Ephesians to that point in chapter six, where he says, yes. stand therefore. Mm. Yes. You've, you've had this revelation, you, you've had your eyes in, enlightened, you know what the gospel is, you know what it means to you, Yes. Um, and you know how, after speaking with Derek now, you know that all of these layers of preparation of God to mm. reveal these wonderful truths to us yes. and for it to be expressed in the Lord Jesus, stand therefore and get on with the Bible study on Philippians. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, it's been, um, I think it is a treasure uh, trove for, and we just, uh, whenever we have a a word that we want to unpack, let's go for it. Yeah, mm, let's absolutely. go for it. Um, your fellowship in the gospel um, from the first day until now, that's chapter, that's chapter one, verse five. Um, we, we were going to, because it talked about the from, from the first day until mm. now, 
uh, we, we sort of started at Paul's trial, um, first trial in Rome a couple of weeks ago. But how did, what was the first day in terms of the church. This is actually going back now to Acts 16, which is when Paul came to Philippi, which is actually when the gospel came to Europe for the first time. Because Paul was on his... Because he had um, a Macedonian call, didn't he? And and then Macedonia is in Europe. Is is northern Greece. Yes. And uh, it's interesting that um, God specifically led Paul that way. When you read the start of Acts 16, he's on his second missionary journey, He kind of picks Timothy up, who'd got saved earlier, and and that's where Timothy starts being, you know, his his close partner in in that. And he is now traveling in Turkey again, first of all, revisiting the churches that he visited on the first missionary trip. And and he's wanting to cover different parts of of Asia Minor, which is Turkey today. Mm. And it's, it's as if he wants to go to the left, you know, kind of south, Southwest Turkey, Asia, what's called Asia. It says the Holy uh, Spirit, he was forbidden. Forbidden. That's so then he wants to go up to Bithynia, which is like turning right. Yeah. And again, yeah. he's told no. Um, and so instead of just st- stopping, he just keeps going. He's got a command to go. So he keeps going all the way through, through Asia to Troas, which is right on the coast where you would cross over into Greece. But he wasn't really planning to do this. Um, but then he gets this vision of a man from Macedonia saying, come, you know, come and help us, you know, yeah. uh, and the, the Macedonian call. And so that's the guidance. So it's, there's an interesting thing here on guidance, apart from anything else, is that, you know, we don't stand still. It's easier to guide a moving car. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was just going and obeying God. And as he went, God said, no, don't turn there, don't turn there. And he just kept going. Yeah. And God was... When we are moving in the Lord, yeah. God's able to steer us, you know. And, um, of course, bringing the gospel to Europe for the first time, that was a very important Being in step. the way the Lord led me, I, I hear a voice behind me saying, you know. Yeah. yeah. And, and Philippi is a strategic location because yeah. it's... Uh, so let's, let's unpack the geography then. We've, we've talked about... So Paul sort of skipped along from... Um, <coughs> Uh, from from Turkey, what we would call modern Turkey, and then he went across to uh, Troas. Where where are we on the coast? I've got, I'm trying to visualise it, but I also know that we're going to have, we'll have a little a, map. To yes. Help us. <laughs> um, yes. Um, His first um, he nine reaches or ten. Troas on the coast. Verse eight and, of, um, of Acts sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. He reaches Troas in verse eight, yeah. and that's where he gets verse nine. This this vision of a man from Macedonia yeah. pleading with him to say, come over, come to us, mm. which is obviously mm. the Lord telling him. Mm. And then it says, uh, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Yeah. So it's very much the Lord's leading. And then does John, do you, do you want to just read from verse 11? So in to Acts where? 16, um, where should we go through to? Because that's where it mentions um, uh, Philippi. Probably just the to start with, and just 11 and 12, yep. maybe. Okay. okay, therefore, sailing from Troas, we ran a straight course to Samothrace, and the next day came to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is the foremost city of that part of Macedonia, a colony. <clears throat> and we were staying in that city for some days. 
And Philippi, like it says, is, was the foremost city. It was the key location. Partly because there's a range of mountains that would kind of block the way, and there's a kind of a narrow pass in those mountains. So anyone traveling from Europe to Asia or Asia to Europe would have to go through this kind of this valley. And Philippi is right there. So the main road, the Agarian Way, uh, runs right through Philippi, and it's strategically placed right on that spot. So it was a key location, really, for people passing, passing through. And so God wanted, and it's interesting, it, it's a Roman colony as well. That, that will be important later. Because what happened is, um, you know, Augustus, you know when Julius Caesar was murdered mm. by... Um, Brutus, Brutus and Cassius, and you know this stuff better than yeah. I do. But um, then the actual war between, then Mark Antony and Octavian, who later become Augustus, yeah. they, they, they went after these, these two. Yeah. And the, the war happened at Philippi. Yeah. That was where the war took place. And after that battle, which of course Antony or Octavian won, later he, he became Augustus, um, a lot of uh, Roman soldiers, at least 300, the kind of veterans, would be settled and given land. And they, they were given Philippi, as it were, to be a Roman colony, yeah. which gave it extra status. So if you were a citizen of Philippi, you were also a citizen of Rome. Yeah. No taxes. You know. So it was essentially a little piece of Rome away from Rome. And, and Paul alludes to that. We, not now, but, uh, um, and so it, it had a special status in the region. Yeah. So God chose to have his own colony, uh, as yeah. it were, yeah, quite right, right there, quite a, a colony, of, all prepared, a colony of heaven, which yeah. was the Philippian yeah. church. It was really, wasn't it? Um, I, it's so hard just to stop reading when you talk about how he, you know, verse 13, uh, you know, the, the introduction to Lydia, and, and the women who were praying. Here we see the, the, uh, the first church members, you know. Yeah. One yes. of which was, this, was Lydia, well, very wealthy lady, because she yeah. traded in the yeah. purple. Yeah. And um, they think she was Asian, and her uh, household got saved. Yeah. That's, and, that's uh, so many things we and, could and get then, from that. And then the, the, the slave girl yeah. was the next yes. church member yeah. who got delivered of a divi spirit of divination. Yeah. And then, of course, that caused all kinds of problems for Paul. He yeah. was thrown into prison. Yeah. But that didn't stop God. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Um, and, uh, by the way, if, if folks want to, that we did actually cover these chapters in Acts uh, with, with Alan and Ian. So somewhere in the archives, you know, if people want to go <laughs> dig back into more detail, they're, they're there. But it's what, a wonderful what, story. And the prominent little... role of women, mm. in, in, obviously, in the church in Philippi and in the early church. It's, it's, yeah. it's sort of counter-cultural to recognize and acknowledge the role of women, yes. but that's what the scriptures do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, she was the first convert yeah. and, the, and the slave girl. And of course, one has to make the point that when Paul was thrown into this terrible prison, what was he doing at midnight? Rejoicing yeah. in the Lord with Silas. Now, and in Philippians, it's full of joy. And they knew he practiced what he preached because they saw that, you know, he was rejoicing in God and of course God sent an earthquake uh, the result of it all was that the jailer got saved and his whole household yeah. 
believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. So that's the, this is the nucleus of the church. You know, a Roman citizen who would have been a jailer, this Asian trading woman, this slave girl, you know, quite a mixture. And they formed the, the initial colony there. Um, John, the wonderful thing of, about having a meal with, with Derek is, is um, you know, I'd say, oh, uh, Derek, would you, you know, could you pass the salt? And, and then he would just carry on talking about the scriptures. And then, would you like a cup of tea? Yes. And, uh, and he would carry on, you know, where he left it's off. Good, isn't it? And it's, it's wonderful, great. really, to it just be sitting here. And, yeah. and I, I, I mean, almost sitting at your feet. You don't want to over, over. You know, you know, pride comes for a fall, so, so we don't want to lose you. <laughs> no, too, we don't want. We don't soon, want that, Derek. No. But it's it's very special because there there are details. So we've looked at some of the theology of the gospel, and now we realise that it's it's rooted in this place, mm. uh, you know, of Philippi, um, and and it's and we've got a nice narrative to go with us. The wonderful thing about Paul's letters is they they fit in with the story of his journeys. Yes, and Philippi. And, and it's, it's so interesting. I, I mean, I, I knew that Philippi was on a sort of small hill and eventually got bigger as it became a colony, but I hadn't appreciated quite what it was strate- uh, yeah. strategically and on a, on, a, on a main sort of trading route and, yeah. and traveling route, which is, it, it's, it's obvious really when yeah. you think about it. Yeah. The people come in, I imagine that these people, they were preaching the gospel not just to themselves, but to others as they got the opportunity. Yes, it might have been a bit difficult, but not under the Romans would have largely allowed it, except if they trod on their toes. And so travellers passing through would have been... It's now making and, me think so, I'd and, like to and, visit. And, and then the, the gospel would have been taken yeah. away up, you know, to the next village or whatever. It's marvellous. Wonderful. Yeah. I think on my travels, I, I, yeah. we've got some homeschoolers that we provide curriculum for in Macedonia. So I'm now trying to oh. think, oh, well, I'll, I think I might just arrange <laughs> yes. a visit to encourage them. <laughs> uh, no, that's amazing, isn't it? It is. It's, it's, it's right on the edge, southern edge of Europe. You know, Greece, yes. Greece Macedonia, yes. Alexander the Great came from Macedonia. Well, in fact, the Macedonian. Um, now Macedonia, I'm opening up yeah. a story about Alexander well, the Great. His right. father, what was his father's name? Um, Macedon. No, Philip of Macedon. Philip. Yeah. Philip Philippi. Thank you. Named yeah, after. I, why didn't I say after that? After his father. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't didn't think yeah. about that. But from that moment, Paul forged a special relationship with this church, even though it doesn't seem he spent a lot of time there. Yeah because uh, he was kicked out of town, basically, which often happened. Um, but from that moment on, like he says in Philippians, from that moment, right from the start, mm. they supported Paul. They partnered with him in the gospel. So the first even when he went to Thessalonica and other places, uh, and he talks about this later in <coughs> Philippians, they supported him. Yes. And, he, the, he, and they were unique among the churches in being proactive in supporting yeah. Paul. Yeah. And, and now it's even 10 years later, um, when Paul's in prison, here they are. They're still yeah. supporting Paul. And there's this lovely relationship between yeah. them. I, I, like, I like it how, you know, we're intertwined with, the, you know, the terra firma and the, the, the human, we, we talk about Jesus, you know, and his humanity, born of David, you know. And then Christ, you know, the, the spiritual. And so here, verse 5, it's, it's a sort of physical, your fellowship, uh, your partnership in the gospel uh, from the first day until now. And then verse 6, being confident, it's mm. just taking it up to another level again. Now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you from the first day 
um, uh, will complete it, and not just until now, it's until the day mm. of Jesus Christ. So I suppose that's our next punctuation point, is what is the day of Jesus Christ? Unless you want to say anything before we get to that. Because he says, until the day of Jesus Christ. He's confident in their salvation yeah. because of the fruit from their life. I mean, God, only God knows who are his. Yeah. But because they've shown such fruit in their life, um, he is very confident that they are genuinely yeah. born again yeah. and they are, and, and therefore God is yeah. going to complete what he's started. Yeah. That's the, the day of Jesus there. Christ, I believe, is the rapture, is when yeah. the Lord comes oh, Well, I've us. opened up another one. Just before we get to that, it's, it's, it's sort of at the human level, commending them, thanking them for their fellowship, but then it's, it's God. You know, you're working out, as you are saying, last week, John, um, your own salvation fear and terror, because God is at work in you. That's right. So he, he just layers it, you know, first a, a layer that we can all appreciate, and then I'm confident that he who began this mm. good work, it wasn't me, yes. it wasn't you. Yeah, he's it's, going to finish it. He's not going to leave you high and dry and stranded. Yeah. And, and, and Paul, you know, Derek referred just now to when he was in prison, when Paul was in prison, thrown in prison, how he was rejoicing. And and some might think, well, how can you do that? Was that false, mm -hmm. false and artificial? Yeah. You know, I'm putting myself in the place of one of our viewers who's going through a tough time at the moment. Said, if only you knew, you know. But Paul went through some very, very, very tough times, very uncomfortable times in terms of, you know, what it's like for a human being suffering those things. But his attitude was, my words, Lord, I know you're going to do something because you always do. I just wonder what it's going to be. And he, he was so certain about it, yes. he could rejoice. And that's really what, how we need to be. Yeah. You think, this is a horrible situation, but Lord, I'm excited. What are you going to do about this? Yes. You're not, I know your, your will is not to leave me here, side, until I've, until I've learned the lesson you're trying to yeah. teach me, yeah. I'm to rejoice in this yeah. and, 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 you know, be thankful in all things. Rejoice always, be yes. thankful in all yes. things, for this is the will of Christ Jesus yes. in you. Yeah. You know, you real... can thank him in the most dire circumstances. Yes. 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 It's yeah. a rejoice real in the Lord faith, always. Yeah. Um, James says when you fall into trials, yes. rejoice. Um, verse 10 of chapter 4 of Philippians, I rejoice in the Lord greatly. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. now... At last, your care for me has flourished again. That now, at last, your care for me has flourished again. Mm. You know, it's, it obviously has, just, there's this deep love and joy uh, being in fellowship with these folk. Yes. Just, uh, there's a, there is, it is a higher level of relationship, isn't it? It's, you know, with, with this the, church. Liberating yes. the Corinthian yes. church or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's the beauty of Philippians is he opens his heart to, to yeah. them like he doesn't to other churches. And the Romans, you know, he's writing to people and he didn't have an intimate yeah. relationship as he yeah. had. So you see Paul's heart very much in Philippians. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Wonderful. Where is that verse, rejoice in the Lord always? Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18 or 16, 16 17, 18, that's somewhere it. around that's there. That's it. Great. Mm. At least, uh, at least it's not, you know, verse 8 or something, and I've forgotten it. <laughs> no, I, I always say what you were saying, Romans 8.28. Yeah. You yes. know, that's the basis. That yes. I don't know how you're going to work it for good. Yeah, Lord, yeah. you work all things together for yeah. good to those who love you. So, Lord, I love you with all my heart. I'm yeah. going to thank you. Somehow you're going to... Yes. Every set setback will be a stepping stone. Mm. Yes. Mm. Fantastic. Right. Um... Where, which verse would you say we've reached? 
We've reached at the end of verse 6, possibly. You, the day of Jesus Christ yeah, you were talking you. about. I wanted to talk a bit more about that, yes. Yeah. Just again, because I well, interrupted you. When you because we're in a process, but that process will be completed either when we're raptured, yeah. if we're still alive when Jesus yeah. returns, or if we're, when we're resurrected. Yeah. And that is when we will come into our final perfection. Yes. You know. Was it you who said to me, I'm sorry to sort of dumb it down, um, it may have been, because um, I was talking about my, my daughter when she was about four, Daddy, what, what's wrong with eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? And then you're really thrown in. But someone said to me, you know, Daddy, oh yeah, he said, well, that's an easy question to answer. They asked me, Daddy, um, what happens to pregnant women in the rapture? to okay. their babies. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. I'll pass on that one. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. so, um, Wonderful, isn't it? The day, it's basically the Lord's return or, or when we're taken up yeah. to be with him. Because that's, the, our, our, I, I put it this way, we, we have been saved, yeah. certainly in our spirit. Yeah. We are being saved in our soul, yeah. in our mind, in our emotions, and we will be saved. Yeah at the redemption of our body. Because yeah. still I, now we have a sinful body, if you like. Yeah. Um, only when you know, we're saved from the guilt of sin, the penalty of sin, we are being saved from the power of sin, and one day we will, we will be saved even from the presence of sin. Yeah, and and it, is, uh, it is sort of the end of the journey, yes, as it were. You know, that's, it's, he's, he's going to fulfill, do a good work in you until the day of Jesus Christ, and then... Whew, yeah, because John says you've, when you've we actually finally yeah. arrived. When we see him, we will be like him. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. That is quite a profound thought. One John three. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a bit of a leap sometimes to think about <laughs> that, doesn't it? To yeah. think that we, you know, there's somewhere in him. Romans that Paul actually jumps over sanctification. He goes from yes, redemption straight to glorification. Yes, he does. It? It's in chapter eight again. That's right. Those whom he. Um, uh, uh, justified, justified, he also glorified. Yeah. Those who he predestined, he also called. Those who he called, he also justified. Those who he justified, he also glorified. So yes. there is that amazing yes. step there. Yes. Um, which doesn't from so on what one it, verse you know, well, that, that's really important. That's really important because it, it says the, the fact that he leaves out sanctification there tells you that you know sanctification is a, is a bit of a hurdle course, yeah. and you're going to fail. Yeah. Along, a lot along the route, as you learn, it's not going to stop you. Yeah. I've redeemed you, I'll yeah, glorify exactly. you. It's going to end in glorification. Yeah. Regardless. Yeah. But, um, you know, perseverance, you know, uh, suffering, perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope. Yes. You know, so I, I'm not sure how you can get character, actually, without some of the, the trials. Mm. No, you can't. You see, so, so it's, it's perseverance, character, and, and then, you know, it's almost contingent on... Character that it you is, and, 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 and you think what James says, let it's patience shallow, do its perfect it? work. Yes. Sometimes just waiting patiently, continuing to trust God, there's a spiritual dimension to that, which That's we don't right. understand. Yeah. We say let patience do its perfect work. Yeah. It's doing something in you. It's part of the yeah. process of sanctification. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think glorification is connected to sanctification, mm. not that the issue of whether we're glorified or not mm. stands on our justification, no. No. not on our sanctification. Yes. But the degree of glory, and I yes. do believe there yes. is a doctrine of rewards, yes. that the degree of glory we will have yeah. is, depends on our faithfulness yes. in the sanctification process. Yeah. And so there are different degrees of glory, yes. of authority and blessing in heaven. I, I we'll all be agree. perfectly happy. Yeah, I do agree with that. I, 
that the, um, <coughs> and I do agree with rewards, but there's even yet another level where it says casting all our golden crowns before him, lost in yeah. wonder, love and praise, where when those rewards arrive, as it were, you know, we will, our relationship and maturity, spiritual maturity and character will be that we won't want to claim well, we're not. We're, we're here for him. Exactly. So whatever rewards yeah. we have are actually part of the the jewels in the holy city, which is the inheritance for the bride. We don't own anything. That's yes. not true. You see, never will. So they under, They are saying, look, you're the owner. Yeah. And rewards are manifestations of grace. Yes. We could think of them as sweeties, but yeah. they're not really. No. It, it's, it's God doesn't have Could to I reward us. I use that term. Us. I might have done. Yeah. Well, no. It, that, what I would to understand rewards properly, mm. you have to understand that they they're not really like the Islamic idea of, yeah. you know, you get these sweeties. But actually, God doesn't have to reward us because if we love God with all our heart and we serve Him, mm. we're only doing what we ought to do. We don't, we're not deserving of any special reward. The fact that God chooses to reward us is, is pure, pure grace. That's right. And even those rewards, like you said, the crowns, we don't own them. That's why we, we continually surrender them to God. We, I think we don't own them and boast about them. Exactly. That's right. So I think that the, the sort of the maturity of character... Well, that's coming back to, I pray that the eyes of your hearts will be enlightened, that you may know his inheritance. Yes. So that, as it were, the ultimate reward for Christ, his son, yes. um, which is us. So, so that, so that you, your eyes will be enlightened. So as Christians, we're not motivated in a sort of humanistic sense of the, the kind of rat race, you know, let's keep get or climbing the greasy pole. We, you know, we we've just got to attain our prize, you know, and and achieve, you know, uh, something for ourselves. It's as you know, there's a higher level where all that we are doing out of our in our love relationship with the Lord is achieving things for a blessing to Him. Yeah. Whereas as as young kids, all we want to have is things for ourselves. But as you yeah. get older and a bit more mature. You, you want to give more, yes. and you want what you're doing to be for others. So those who seek God with all their heart, because they want to be close to God. This is the good work, by the way. I, I'm confident that um, he who's begun a good work in you, and this is what we're talking about now, the good work. Oh, Sorry, yeah. carry on. No, to understand rewards, the, if you seek God with all your heart, and you, you want to be close to him, your reward is that closeness to him. Yeah. You know, yeah. If you want to glorify him in your life, if that's your motivation, you want to glorify him, you will be given that greater glory to glorify him with. Mm. You know, it's not about the sweeties, but it's about yeah. your relationship with God. And if you, want, if you prove yourself responsible in the way you, you live your Christian life in, in managing things or doing his will, then you'll be given that authority that greater authority. So we'll all receive rewards to a different degree, according to his grace, but it's not about a sweetie that's got nothing to do with God. It's actually about a greater closeness with God and a greater glory with God. We'll have a greater capacity yeah. for glory. Yeah. So it's like with all relationships, you know, the, the relationship is better if, if, if you are, as it were, for the other. Yes. Rather than demanding. So in a marriage relationship or in any you know, business relationship mm. or whatever, you, you're, you're giving something to the other and it's a stronger relationship than if you are just mm. there taking it. Yes.
Yes, and, and, and as Paul talks about later in this letter, how you know, not thinking yourself better than anybody else, yeah. and always doing what's best for them, yes. even at cost to yourself. Yeah. He doesn't say quite like that. But that's what he's. That's what he means. And, yeah. and and but that is that is the Christian life. And it, but there's such release and joy in that, yeah. and such reward. You're not looking for reward, you're not doing it for reward. But you but, get it. But you get it. That's right. Because God is no man's debtor. No, because <laughs> so he's, no, he's made because these promises. He's not going to say, oh, well, you're, you're more mature, so, you know, you won't need it after all. Yeah. Um, no, he's faithful to all his promises. Yes. Ross. Mm. Okay, so this is the good work. This is the good work that the Lord has begun in us. And it, it, as, as you say, it's a process. And... You know, we are growing up into Christ and we are becoming more mature. He's the author and finisher of our faith. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So where then is boasting, as it were? You know, what, what, it's ridiculous yes. that we should be boasting in ourselves. He's begun the good work in yes. us. Yeah. Uh, so, and he, is it, by the way, this is still part of the same role that he's on. Verse 7, just as it is right for me to think this of all of you, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my chains and in defense of the gospel uh, and confirmation of the gospel, sorry, you, are, you all are partakers with me of grace. Mm. I was expecting something more almost when I was reading it, but it's, it's like a, it's encapsulated, isn't it? Those four verses are complete. And, and, and when he's saying the defense and confirmation of the gospel is kind of legal language because he's thinking of going to court. Of course, he's doing that all the time. He's, he's yeah. defending the gospel against those who might yes. oppose him. Yeah. And, as, and that's the word apologia, where, where we get apologetics. Yeah. Um, but also the positive side, the confirmation of the gospel, the positive. But it's, it's also the legal case because in the law court that he's in, in a sense, the gospel's on trial. The, yes. the right to preach the gospel is on trial. Mm. And so Paul is, he, he's actively, as it were, f fighting for the future of the gospel, yeah. as it were. And he's saying we're all in this together. So exactly. You know, the Lord's doing this work in you, and then he says, just as it's, and then he comes back to yeah. as he is in his, his situation, but he said we're, you know. Yeah. And he's, it's interesting that he says, we're, we're in this together. Yeah because I need your prayers and I need your support. Yeah. And, 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 and the grace that is on me, you, you get to share in that grace because the grace is on Paul to fulfill his ministry. And by partnering with Paul, somehow they, they come under that same grace, that yeah. same anointing, mm. which is an interesting, uh, mm. an interesting principle, you know. And they share in... in, in uh, so he's not just doing it by himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think we've got to verse 8, because we've sort of unpacked so many words, haven't we? We're in about, we've got five, about five minutes left. It's just so affectionate. God is my witness, how I long for you. In other words, I, I, it's, it, there's some longing in his heart for those who he's really, really close to. Yes. It's, a, it's very, very the interesting. Touching. It's this um, this word affection is like to do with the guts. It's yeah, it's it's a, deep emotion. Deep I don't emotion. Know, is, a, is, a, is a better but way. Notice he says it's the affection of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So it's actually what he's saying is because I'm not sure what Paul was like when he, before he was saved, but I think he was a pretty tough character. <laughs> I think so. You know, probably quite hot, very clever, obviously, but cold, possibly. Yes. And yet, it's that deep affection and love is something that J 
Jesus Christ has mm. brought about in him is mm. through surrendering his emotions mm. to God, mm. the Holy Spirit has give, made him this lovely person who has this deep affection and he knows that this isn't his natural yeah. self. This is something that Jesus has, yes. has produced in him. And I think the greatest miracle in a way is when God changes our emotional state, you know, yes. from, yes. you know, uh, selfish and whatever. That's right. To someone who loves. Yes. So there's, there's, there is something about the way <coughs> Paul rolls from verse to verse. It's as though within each verse, there's a trigger for the next verse. So, you know, verse 8, how I, how I greatly, I long for you with all affection, and then, and I pray that your love may abound. You would think, he might say, may abound for me in return yes. for my love for you. But he basically says, may, that your love may abound still more and more in, knowledge, in all knowledge and discernment. So he's rolled on to the next the next point. It's a great apostolic and We're in the last prayer. couple of minutes. Well, it's a great apostolic prayer which you can yes. personalize and yes. pray over yourself yes. and your family. It's, it's wonderful. You really can't do better yes. than that. Your love will abound. He didn't yes. say for me, no. or for all that I'm doing, because it's a sort of reciprocation. It's Let's take this up to another level. Yeah. Let's and this take abounding is, is a river overflowing its banks. Yes. yes. Not just a bit of love. It's like there's an overflowing love. Yes. Yes. And... Um, you sort of can't catch your breath because you're, you're being ratcheted up to yes. one level, then another level, then another level. Um, it's interesting he says, God is my witness. There's a hint there yeah. that there's a lot of critics of Paul around. Yes, yes, yes. And he, he, you know, who are saying to the Philippians, he doesn't really love you, you know, yes, it's just yes. into his ministry yes. or whatever. Yes. And, and, and he, he appeals to God as his witness. Yes. That, yes, my love for you is genuine. Mm. Mm. And then verse 10, that you may approve the things that are excellent. So you need the wisdom and the discernment, the knowledge and discernment, that you may approve what is excellent. Don't settle for anything less. Approve of what is excellent and be sincere without offence. Without offence. So, so, of course, people are offended, but you're not triggering that offence. That's unwarranted offence, right. like, almost. Yes. Um, and we're in the last minutes. And then we get back to till the day of Christ. So it's this, this enormous endeavour, my utmost for his highest, a sense of the inner Everest. I'm thinking of all these wonderful <laughs> books. You know, we are, we, are on, you know, we are on this incredible journey with the Lord and with Paul here in, us, in our studies until the day of Jesus Christ, which I'm sure we'll have other opportunities to talk about in the days ahead. So we look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks, John. Thanks, Derek. Really special. <laughs>